Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us and that you are part of a community of leaders who are intentional about their growth. I'm so excited on today's episode to be joined by an incredible leader, I believe in her own right, um, who is very passionate about marriage and family and really empowering Christian couples to live a godly life as is God's intent when it comes to marriage. So ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome on the podcast on this beautiful episode, Goku Ndlovu. Welcome, Goku. I'm so glad to have you part of the episode today. Hi, Ms. Vandilia. Uh, thank you so much. I'm truly honored uh, to be given such a, a platform. Thank you so much for considering me. And uh, I'm very excited uh, to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I'm so looking forward to the conversation we're going to have. I believe it's going to add great value. Um, but maybe before we dive into it, just maybe to introduce yourself as to who you are and some of the transitions that you've made in your leadership that have landed you where you currently are now. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, my full name is Guguletu Angel Betanlovu. Um, I am a full-time pastor at Mount Olive's Ministries for the past nine years now. Um, I've been in the ministry space since I was 16, I'm 30 now, Um, and uh, speaking of transitioning, that's a beautiful word because that's something that you constantly encounter. Um, I was 14 when I got saved and began preaching at 16, Um, and then when I finished matric, I had to have a transition there because I then had to go to seminary and study uh, where I did my Bachelor of Theology. And then I came back, served the year of probation, and then was ordained as clergy at Mount Dollars Ministries. And then that's mm. when I began um, serving full time. Um, I have been under the mentorship of our senior pastor working with him for close to seven years before. I I began leading uh, my own congregation, which I am doing now. Um, And in the meanwhile, because I did discover that I had a passion for marriage ministry quite early on in my my times in ministry, I then started pursuing that. I, in, in 2015, I registered with the Department of Home Affairs to be a marriage officer. And then from there, I started, continuing with my studies. I recently just graduated with my master of, of, of theology. Um, and out of that passion of, not, of, of marriage ministry, I then founded Knotted by Jesus Square, which is um, a service provider for Christian couples. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I hope I haven't left out anything. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, um, Kuku. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so drawn to how you've literally been in ministry for over 14 years from the age 16. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at the top of my head. 
Um, so when it came mm. to vocation and having to choose after school a career to mm. pursue, um, were you was there any conflict or tension within your space, or have you always been resolute that this is the path you want to take? Sure, there was tension. Um, as much as I knew and knew from a young age that this was the path, but you know, when the decision has to be made, when that mm. time comes, you know, for mm. the three years was really nice. I'm preaching, <laughs> yay, awesome. But when I'm done with school and now I must um, apply at a school and must select what course I'll be doing, there was that tension. There was that tension. And I won't say, <clears throat> excuse me, from within me, within me, there was a, really a sense of resolution, but mostly because of, uh, voices outside of me that were making me think twice and doubt myself and mm. and so forth so there was that that tension even in my family Ooh, it got really really <laughs> intense <laughs> but yeah I made it through that and I think now they they on board they see where we were going with this from the start um, tell me more please about uh, the tension how did you deal with it especially if it's internal um, especially if it also maybe applies to some of the people who need to finance and fund um, your, your your tuition in terms of school and studying. Mm-hmm. They're like, but uh, mm-hmm. there's so many other things and so many other possibilities. And the reason also maybe I'm speaking to this is um, for those who might be struggling with the tension of wanting to pursue their passion, uh, but at the same time, over and above the passion mm-hmm. is the demand of doing something that will give you instant um, results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, um, internally, I think the hardest part for me, like I said, I was resolute within myself. The hardest part for me was um, losing the support, particularly of my dad, mm. um, because he was someone who was very supportive when I started preaching. Um, at that point, we were all in the same church, and he really was, man, he was a great support system for me. Um, as I was preparing, he'd be there, and I knew he was praying for me. And when I was done, he, he would sit down and, you know, talk about points that, that stood out for him and things like that. And during this season, because he had a, a different opinion of how things uh, were supposed to turn out, he mm. then just withdrew himself. Sure. And that was a very, very difficult thing for to 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 handle. As much as I was resolute, but seeing our relationship deteriorate, of course, I'm a daddy's girl, so uh, <laughs> it was the first time in my life uh, to have such a conflict between me and my father. So that first year of my studies was truly difficult. Um, going the longest time without um, talking to him over the phone was just very difficult. But my my mother. As much as she was also on my dad's side, she didn't entirely uh, agree with my decision. But there was just, I don't know what mothers have. There's just something different about moms. Because <laughs> as much as she didn't agree, she still funded it. She was still like, you're still my child. And even though I don't agree with what you... <laughs> and honestly, because they didn't want me to be in ministry. They just wanted yes, me to have yes. backup. They wanted me to have something else first <laughs> and then come to this. Um, so, but she, with that tension, but she was able to, you know, sort of set her emotions aside. And, and finally, after she tried to, you know, 
take me to to speak to other people make sure I was in my right state of mind and my mom is a nurse <laughs> so <laughs> she wanted to make sure that everything is okay upstairs with this child <laughs> um but yeah eventually she 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 paid off for for my tuition sure. the first two years and then my third year I did it long distance and um, took on part-time work at local school so I was able to fund that and of course had a little bit of help from the church as well but yeah the tension um, not so much internal but difficult because it affected the relationships that I was in the tension there was difficult but like mm. I said over the years um, things began to gradually change I think a defining moment uh, for my dad was during my graduation um, he was weeping like a baby. Um, I am going to have to not let him listen to this. Um, but <laughs> he was weeping like a baby during my graduation wow. and um, during my ordination as well. I think that's where things took a wow. turn. And now he's right back where we started. He's wow. there. He's my support. Um, even though we're in different locations now, I'm no longer in my hometown, but they drove and came for the whole three days of our about Good Friday conference and it was just wow. beautiful wow. to have them there. So That's... I would really encourage someone who's I'm sorry, no, uh, no. who's struggling in pursuing their passion. I would encourage them to <laughs> pursue it. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. Yeah, really, it's it's not mm. I do wish that there was, you know, an easier way out of avoiding mm. the tension and avoiding um the, the doubt, the self-doubt and so mm. forth, but there isn't. So I would say pursue it if it gives you fulfillment. If you really feel that this is something that gives me fulfillment and you really feel that this is what God wills for your life, mm. um, then yeah, like Jesus says, your will and, and not mine. Wow. I was actually going to ask you in terms of having come full circle now, um, how is it different? And, and thank you so much for speaking into that um, as to how it's so beautiful now, even though it didn't seem like it would even get to this point when the conflict and the tension was at a high. There's something you spoke to, Kuku, around how one of the arguments was you need to have a backup plan. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do it, but just in case. And, yeah. and I'd like you to speak to that because I think oftentimes we find ourselves um, not struggling, but limiting our full potential because we need to have a backup plan. And I think that backup plan somehow becomes a safety net that somewhat limits us from stretching to realizing our full potential. And I'll give you an example. There's a boy that I was mentoring and I was still uh, in the school sector and he, he, he was so passionate about soccer mm -hmm. and he was brilliant and he wanted to pursue it. However, uh, mm -hmm. in the support of the family, they were like, no, you can, but uh, let's get a backup plan first. Let's start first with a mm -hmm. solid career and then you can do the soccer. Mm -hmm. And by so saying, I think they kind of like threw watered down the passion in terms of, yeah, it's there, it's good, mm -hmm. but it's not as sustainable. And I get all those arguments, but I think sometimes it also somewhat causes people or might influence the loss of passion and full focus in terms of how far one can go had they fully went in for their passion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that's a great question, actually, because um, it comes back to the whole issue of pursuing your passion with all of your heart, with everything mm -hmm. that you have. 
Um, I do understand parents, of course. I really, I get it. And the older I become, I, I really understand where they were coming from with their concerns. Because as you said, it's an issue of sustainability that um, the other careers or the other things that seem better at that point are more sustainable mm. in, 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 in their viewpoint. And, and honestly, generally, they are considered more, more sustainable because it wasn't just my parents, even my, my teachers were trying to understand that why on earth would you go for something like this when with your <laughs> marks you are capable to honestly pursue more. Mm. Um, but yes, it, 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 it does really, <clears throat> excuse me, affect the, the, the way in which you'll grow. True. I, I think that had I spent the first three years um, pursuing something else and maybe the next two years working in a different field while trying to establish myself financially, mm. that would have taken seven years from this journey of mine. And as I've said, I spent the first seven years being mentored by my senior pastor. Mm. So, and everything I know about ministry literally was taught to me not in the years I spent at college or in seminary it was really the the practical experience was mm. in that seven years mm. and it has made me the type of leader that I am it has made me to be able to stand um by myself and be able to 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 run um a, a church you know mm. and I think had I spent that those first few years making that back up it would have taken away from my growth. It would have taken away from um, the, the the practical experience that I have of mm -hmm. things. I mm -hmm. think it, it really your question really is, is is bringing light to something that is true. That in the other years that you spend pursuing something more sustainable, you are missing out in years in which you could be growing and developing in your passion. Wow. That could mean that um, at a, a, a young age you can be a seasoned person in what mm. you are in the field in which you are in because from the get-go you ran after what was in your heart True. so yeah the the spending time in something else I think when you know you know mm. um, and I think those are the conversations that I would have with my parents at times um that because you know they'd always say yeah but you know there's that pastor and they first did this and I was like, but I don't know when they felt God calls over mm. or God's call over their life. Maybe they really did feel it at 35 and they were having a full-time job and mm. they had children and a wife. And that was the point in which they became aware that God had called them. Mm. But I was aware of it at 16. Why should I postpone it or mm. do something else? I'm saying I'm doing it like someone else, but my story and testimonies is, is different. Mm. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a very beautiful thing that you're pointing out that it, it, it delays your growth it delays uh, how far you can go when you, you know, start off somewhere else first. Well, thank you so much, man. Google. I think we really commend your sacrifice and your hearkening to the call and literally prioritizing it. I think a lot of people are better for it and we really mm. do not want to take it for granted. Part of what you said that you do is um, noted by G squared, which I think speaks more to marriage and part of your passion and, what you mm -hmm. um, actually studied, and we'll talk more to that now. But maybe um, within marriage, what's your philosophy when it comes to, to, to marriage? My philosophy when it comes to marriage is that God founded it, and without him, it's not going to work. Mm. Um, 
And by that, of course, I mean the type of marriage that we have in the Bible, that if you are pursuing the kind of marriage that Ephesians describes to us, then you can't do that by yourself or with external resources, excluding God. Mm. Um, of course, I am aware that there are people who are unbelievers who have great marriages in our eyes, but mm. those marriages are not a reflection of what God has said. And that's why you'll find that they have different techniques towards things they've introduced, uh, different theories and, and principles in their relationship that are not necessarily in line with what the Bible describes to 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 be marriage. So mm. um, but my 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 principle is that with Christians, if we want the type of marriage that the Bible describes, then we are going to have to do the kind of things that the Bible teaches us to do. Sure. Within the kind of things maybe that we uh, we learn um, as people of faith that we need to do, what are some of the, maybe if you were to mention three to five ingredients of a healthy marriage relationship? I think a healthy marriage relationship takes into consideration the whole person mm. um, because as, as people, we are body, we are mind, we are spirit. Mm-hmm. And our, our Christian faith speaks to all of those dimensions of a person mm-hmm. and the health of a person in all of those dimensions then contributes to the health of their marriage. Mm-hmm. If a person is healthy in their spirit and has mm-hmm. a living relationship with God, not just going to church, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. has a relationship with mm-hmm. God, can hear God's voice, mm-hmm. speaks to God, mm-hmm. um, um, follows the unctions of the Holy Spirit then that person, I believe, that will contribute beautifully to their marriage. If a person allows God um, into their mind to transform their mind, to transform their thinking, to allow them to think more in godly ways rather than in carnal ways, um, that is going to contribute uh, positively to a healthy marriage, um, as well as bodily, of course. Um, because the mar- marriage also is a covenant that touches so much on one's body. And as much as, yes, it's not very common that there's there's sermons about keeping physically healthy and things like that. But when you do read from scripture, it does give us the understanding that our bodies are a temple and should be treated in a right way. And Mm. even healthy habits that affect our bodies. Mm. Um, You know, the Christian faith teaches us healthy habits. I know people are always um, pointing out that, but there's no way it says we shouldn't smoke. But it's mm. a principle of things that are harmful to my body. I do not entertain. Mm. Then when I ab- abide to those Christian principles, it contributes again to my mm. marriage because then I'm able to sexually perform the way that I'm supposed to. Mm. I'm able to live my life uh, to the full length that mm. God has ordained me to and, and not you know abandon my family. And I say abandon because it's the decisions I've made that affected my body. And so I die prematurely. So I think um, when we take the principles of faith and look at how they holistically attend and develop a person, a person becomes so healthy that when you put them in a relationship, then that relationship becomes healthy as a result of them as an individual and how they relate with God. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I love how um, the emphasis is on, first and foremost, your own personal well-being. Because I think I really mm-hmm. identify with that. If you are in conflict in any area that you mentioned, spirit, soul, body, mind, 
it will definitely have an effect and impact on your mm. marriage and and mm. i think that's 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 key as, as you were speaking to that in terms of having that healthy relationship and i really believe that if we do the work um individually so even for those who might not be married as yet in any environment mm. that you find yourself you are better positioned to be able to contribute to health in whatever area organization relationship mm -hmm. that one might mm -hmm. find themselves in that's mm -hmm. yeah. very true awesome um just maybe um to speak to part of what you did um you, you spoke you mentioned that you were doing your um thesis um recently um around african values and their impact on marriage if i'm not mistaken um yes. on christian marriage and exploring the influence of African communalism in the modern African Christian couples in South Africa. Um, please just, uh, if you double click on that and just maybe your, your thesis and your, some of your most uh, intriguing findings and, and, and the impact that uh, it has on marriages. Okay. Um, so this, this study uh, proved to me that I don't know it all. <laughs> uh, because you know i went into it thinking yeah i know I've, 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 i know what what's going on because mm. i'm exposed to to these people um but it was such an interesting journey and truly taught me that i i'm always learning and always need to be open to to learning mm. um so yeah as, as you've pointed out it was all about looking at communalism which we can um, maybe summarize as, as the concept of Ubuntu, mm. um, the, the, the philosophy that views community as the essential aspect of personhood and it's expressed in, you know, the saying Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. So yes. the, the study was looking into how that affects uh, or impacts the, the marriages of African Christian couples because, um, you know, for, for African Christians, I, I always experience and see this that the the marriage that we see and and read of on television or are exposed to from the european or american perspective is quite different for people who are in an african context mm. so mm. um the study was just looking into how does living and being in an african context um, affect the, the, the marital decisions or the decisions around marriage mm. for young um, couples. And it was truly an interesting journey that taught me so much. The process, the academic process in itself had so many lessons for me and the interactions and the, the, the findings that, that came out of the study. So yeah, um, I would say what what stood out for me amongst the findings is the issue of how as much as young African couples are living in a very modern context, because most of them, uh, uh, the, the study was focusing on young couples in urban environments. So it wasn't looking at, at couples in, in rural environments where you would find that uh, communalism is very strong, but mm -hmm. it was looking at couples who are living in a very modern individualized society mm. where you know they live in complexes and 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 they have their own stands and fences around their homes mm. um and what interested me so much was how even though they're in such a context they value so much um the this this 
tradition of, of communalism or collectivism. Mm. Um, it was an it was it was similar amongst all of, of, of the participants that they valued it so much. And amongst the things that contributed to it to it was their um, was their upbringing that they were raised in a way where they understood that they are not uh, just there for themselves, but they they are part of a community, they're part mm-hmm. of a family, and they had beautiful memories that they were reminiscing over about mm-hmm. their upbringing. And they actually grieved over the fact that we have moved away from that. They grieved that they live in a society um, where they don't even know their neighbors' names. Mm-hmm. Um, to them, it was something sad because they saw value in 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 this um in this model of 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 being a collective society that mm. they got from their upbringing um so for me that was really something that was interesting that they are not uh, young people do not just you know discard everything they they truly mm. do see um some some value in it and out of seeing that value it was beautiful to see how they are in a way modifying certain elements of of of, of culture mm. of course some they deem to be relevant that's why they're modifying them but they're not discarding everything you know they are they are not abandoning everything but they are pursuing a, a family system that best, best fits their context mm. and by context that best fits them as, as africans and that best fits them as Christians who are also millennials, you know? Mm. So it was such a beautiful thing to observe that it's not a complete abandonment, um, but it is, you know, putting it together, making their own, they're creating their own, you know, family systems. And, and it was, it was beautiful. That was one oh, wow. thing that I, I did not expect to see. I thought I would either find a complete abandonment of the traditional African values, mm. or I would find a compromise of the Christian values. But I actually instead found them merging the two, seeing wow. a way to put the two together. And yeah, that, that really took me. Wow. That's, that's, that's so fascinating. Um, maybe as we bring in our plane for landing, um, you spoke a lot to uh, communalism and um, the impact and um how how it contributes to healthy marriages and but there's something you said which I, I'd like you maybe just to speak to now holistically so in terms of the importance of community be it uh, at church be it at work be it just having mm-hmm. those one two three people who hold you accountable and how it impacts the person you are and the person you are becoming mm-hmm. yeah no that that's that's beautiful. Um, and that was one thing that they all picked up that for them, community is not just their families, mm. um, but it, it it is their churches, many of them, because they are Christians. For them, the first community that has a direct impact on their marriage is actually their church. Mm. Um, and of course, other people they consider to be mentors and things like that. And it does contribute healthily to a marriage. Um, there's so many beautiful quotes that they that they would speak of in terms of how you could not do marriage by yourself mm. how as much as you've needed your family and parents all of your life you need them more even now mm. true that your relationship evolves and they will not go they're not going to be maybe as involved as they were as you've been brought up but they still mm. have a role to play mm. uh, even in, in your adulthood so yeah it, it did come back to the issue that um, you, Ecclesiastes will say two are better than one. And I know mm. with marriage, you just limit the two to the two people who are married. But that principle of 
um, I think there's, there's one, one of the proverbs will speak about how a plan fails because of the lack of advisors. Mm, mm. So marriage in itself requires community. It requires a community to, to incubate it, you know, in its foundational mm. phase, when it's starting off. It's so good when there's a community to incubate mm. uh, a marriage, to, to start off the people who are entering into this journey. Um, it, 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 it seemed to have a positive impact. You know, when all the participants were asked about how they perceived their family's contribution to their marriage, they said it was positive. As long as, of course, boundaries were set, mm. they saw it as, as positive because they got to gain advice and knowledge from people who are experienced, from people who've walked um, um, on this walk of marriage. So, um, yes, it definitely does bring to light. And I believe it's something... Um, Zwandile, that we can take to the world, mm. um, to this world that is very individualized. Mm. This is something that us mm. African Christians can present to them. And that's why amongst the recommendation, it is the truth of how uh, churches and every other place that works with marriage needs to consider involving the community that this marriage exists within if mm. they want to improve the health of that marriage. It's not wow. just a matter of bringing in the husband and wife and sitting down with mm. them, but it is also seeing uh, who, who's, who, what circle do these people belong to? Wow. How can this circle, how can we empower that circle to pour healthily into the marriage? Wow. So yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And I believe it, it's, it's not only beautiful, it's, it's biblical because God has created us to exist in community. And if you want evidence of that, of all the ways God could have chosen for us to come to this earth, he chooses for us to come through people. Mm. And that already tells you that as we get here, we are already part of a community and we can't evolve out of that. We can't Mm. say now, no, we've outgrown community. Mm -hmm. There's there's no such thing. We, we, We start there and we're part of it until we end in it. Wow love that recommendation though it's so brilliant and and, and even how you call it you you couched it as to how we were introduced to the world by community and mm-hmm. that's the emphasis on community thank you so much Gugu. um this has been such a life-giving conversation that we've had with you and i know that it's added so much value not only to myself but to the take your lead podcast community um any parting thoughts from your side um as well as where our audience and listeners are able to connect with you and learn more about the work that you do. Okay, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I've never done anything maybe like this in terms of podcast. I had to do so much research to find out uh, how how it actually works. And I went through and listened to some of of the interviews I've done before. Um, It's a beautiful thing that you're doing. It's, it's, I, I truly, I should I, I forget later on to mention it, but thank you so much. This is truly a great thing you're doing. Um, on parting thoughts, I would uh, maybe, maybe say that we, we need to be very conscious as, 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 as people as to the things that we allow ourselves to lose and adopt. Mm. Um, um, particularly, you know, in a society that's globalized and things like that. And it's great mm. to be up to scale with popular culture, but at the same time, not losing things that are valuable. Mm. Um, so having that, particularly for us as young people, having that mindset to be able to see the value in the things that were instilled in us and to see how we can 
you know, put them in our daily lives and influence those around us, influence mm-hmm. America, influence Europe mm-hmm. with, with, with what we have, you know, introduce um, healthy marriages that have come from a system that incorporates community mm-hmm. and introduce that to the space. Um, so, yeah, so on, on parting thoughts, I, I would say um, let us not, there's this thing that uh, Bishop Alma once said uh, when he said, you know, some things that come from America, you need to ship them back. And he was speaking to that because he was talking about the beauty of what he saw when he came to Africa, seeing how the church in Africa is so connected, how when uh, Mm. a church member passes away, the church is going to be there at the home for the whole week until Mm. they are buried. And he was like, those are traditions that the church should stick to Mm. and not allow the the, the individualized. And I'm sorry if I sound so critical of, of American Christianity, it's not my intention. But I'm just saying that in, in our hype and excitement of things that we see in other places, we tend not to value the good things that we have. Mm. And we need to see the, the, the good things and, and hold on to them. Uh, so in terms of where people can find me and my work, um, if you look for Knotted by G-Square, uh, whether on, on Instagram and Facebook, you'll find me. Um, I'm Gugunjovu on everywhere, I believe, <laughs> except Twitter. Um, yeah, and yeah, it'd be great to continue the conversation. I, I, I enjoy um, comments and direct messages from young people because they do engage about the things that I talk about. So, um, yeah, if they can jump on there, we can continue conversations or answer any questions they might have. Awesome. Thank you so much once again, Gugu. And we really commend and we appreciate the brilliant work that you are doing uh, in the body of Christ and look forward to connecting with you again soon and we really appreciate you so much and to you podcast family thank you so much for being part of the episode do remember to rate review uh, share like the content and do tag us uh, on socials after you've listened and as you listen and if we do see it we'll possibly repost it and engage with you and take the conversation further as Coco has mentioned till we meet again next time continue to take your lead Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.mzwandilemakakula.com. And if you are a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.